Welcome to Five Star Weekly. It's the big 200 episode, and we have a very special guest joining us. And Atlanta United have also done something they've never done before up above the border. We'll get into all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Chris Smith. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. So, Fajar fam, welcome to the show. And I have a very special guest in Chris Smith from 90 Men. He, of course, uh, has been... Uh, kind of a guy that's been in and around that Atlanta United uh, Twitter space for us, uh, really maybe breaking some news or uh, you know providing some awesome stats during the game, after the game, on the players that were of note. I mean, it's awesome to have you, but uh, welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here and appreciate the kind intro. Oh, absolutely, man. And uh, yeah... You know, we'll get into uh, some of the awesome things you did this week, uh, or maybe this past weekend, but uh, we will, yeah, maybe just check in on you and see how you've been. I mean, you know, in terms of also, you know, your temperature on Atlanta United, how you're feeling about us. Uh, we're in a playoff spot. We're in fifth. I mean, we're in and out, yo-yoing in and out of uh, playoff uh, contention. But, uh, yeah, do you feel like... LA United is a true contender for uh, you know not only a playoff spot, for, but for maybe MLS Cup. Uh, I mean, maybe MLS Cup to go all the way might be a stretch, but on the team as a whole, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I think now with the with the schedule that Atlanta have got left, I'd, I'd say that not a shoe in, but they're, they're pretty nailed on now to make the playoffs. They've, they've got one of the most favourable runnings, so feeling pretty good. You know the we look a lot better under Pineda and obviously Valentino before that. And, you know, we're, we're passing forwards now. We're, we've seemed to have some more intent and games look exciting again. So whatever happens at this point, at least it's been fun again. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, also uh, our away form just slightly inched just a little <laughs> bit better. <laughs> our third uh, away win of the season, uh, you know, first time winning in Toronto um yeah it's not as dire maybe as it seems uh you know did that performance in Toronto give you some confidence yeah quite tough judging Toronto at the moment because they've been quite poor all season um up until really Javier Perez has took over and they look more like the Toronto of old again so by the time Atlanta got there they were actually in a good bit of form again so to actually pick up the win there I think is really positive so Maybe for Pineda, I think the game was a little bit more open than he would have liked. Um, gave up a few too many chances on the day. Could probably could have been punished, but then again, by contrast, Atlanta created plenty more chances to score more than two themselves, even if they were fortunate with the goals they got. So overall, yeah, away from home and what is normally a tough place to go, a lot to be excited about, and especially considering now we're coming back to three straight home games as well. Mm -hmm, indeed, and uh, well... There is uh, maybe a little caveat that maybe should be had uh, where, you know, Toronto, they did bring on Pozuelo and Altidore afterwards uh, for some reason. It's I've, I've surmised it's rest, but it also, uh, yeah, they looked a little bit more dangerous, obviously, after that. 
which, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, I still think, though, uh, we still fared so well in the sense of, uh, you know, our uh, our fatigue levels didn't really drop. You know, our, uh, our energy levels didn't drop. Our, um, you know, basically for many of our players, especially even seeing, you know, Marcelino Moreno uh, and George Bello make gut-busting runs at the end of the match in stoppage time, I mean, is, uh, I think, a very, very good sign that, uh, you know, the uh, the fitness levels of the team are still very, very high, especially after uh, an international break. It should be, right? Yeah, that, that's a, it's a really good point. Um, earlier in the season, I don't think you'd have seen Atlanta do that. How many times did we get sort of bust open in the last t- 10 minutes and throw away a two-goal lead? And, th- and this time, instead, we're going down the other end in stoppage time and, and making a two-goal lead. And it, it was an intense game as well. Um, obviously, there was the uh, the altercation with uh, Ezekiel Barco, and obviously, it was a bit of an end-to-end game. And under those conditions, it, as you say, with with internationals as well, it, it, it's easy to burn out and sort of lose your foot in the game and maybe throw away points where you shouldn't do. And I think maybe earlier in the season, Atlanta would have done that, but definitely a good sign that they're able to ride that out and kill the game in, in stoppage time. Mm-hmm. And especially, yeah, Gonzalo Pineda, he spoke after the match about how they trained uh, on this pretty much, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, yeah, on away games that they see out matches and that they uh, they know what to do. Um, now, I mean, it's not like maybe levels of, say, like Philadelphia Union where we're shit housing like they are, but uh, <laughs> we definitely uh, are doing the right things to, uh, yeah, make sure that all points go home with us. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what else did you see in terms of uh, maybe from our midfield, you feel like, um, you know, especially with, uh, you know, Hosetu, Sosa, like, are you are you liking, um, you know, that double pivot, especially Hosetu, who's come on kind of leaps and bounds after he kind of got reintroduced into the side? Yeah, I mean, and with Rosetto, it was always going to be tough making that adjustment into MLS with the with the increased physicality, and obviously he struggled with a few injuries. And and the biggest worry was pairing him with Santiago Sosa when Sosa's already done so much on his own and quite often looked tired. And what you forget about Sosa as well, he's so calm on the ball and he's he's so effective that you forget how how few minutes and how few professional games he's played before he's come to Atlanta. So to see the two of them kind of, they've kind of been pushed together through necessity with obviously with Emerson Hyman going out for so long and, you know, Mo Adams hasn't been able to get fit. So there's been very little room for rotation. Um, but yeah, they're both really good on the ball. That's the first thing that that's comes out to me. They're really secure in possession. Um, uh, there was a game a few weeks, a few weeks back. If you're going to, don't quote me on who it was because I can't remember, yeah. but Rossetto completed a hundred percent of his passes in the first half and I remember looking at the pass maps that you can get on, on the MLS website and a lot of them were forward as well I know he's been accused of passing backwards too much but I think his confidence has grown as well he, he started progressing the ball a bit more which you know that's the whole point our most dangerous players are, are, are up top we've, we've got more firepower there than most teams in the league to be quite honest so if you can if you can get them balls into them quickly and you've got someone who can, who can break lines that's great and it, it looks like now we've got two players who can do that and Obviously, then at wing back you've got Bello and, and Brooks Lennon, who's delivery, especially Lennon, his delivery second to none. So 
Yeah, I'm liking it so far. Um, what happens when you come up against a team that's really, truly equipped? So, as you mentioned before, maybe if Pozuelo starts, that'd be interesting to see how they handle him and maybe someone like Carlos Hill from, from the from the Revs, if we ever come up against them. Maybe it's a different story, but for the, for the teams that we've got to put away here the rest of the season, I, I do like that double pivot. Yeah, especially, yeah, if we're playing a little bit more attacking, a little bit more aggressive than absolutely... Uh, yeah, you can see them doing well, but yes, you make a great point. You know, the Carl's heels of the world. Um, yeah, I think I have my reservations about Hosetu defensively. Uh, he pretty much, I don't really rate him too much defensively, to be honest. Uh, like, uh, is, there's uh, quite a few rash tackles that he, maybe he gets a, a, away with a little bit. But um, And then Sosa, um, yeah, as great of a player as he's been throughout the season, uh, lacks a little bit of pace, maybe. And so it's... There's a little bit of yeah, yeah. Uh, that athleticism, maybe that uh, that bulldog that's, yeah, you know, Franco Ibarra returning, um, you know, is that maybe player that can uh, offer that for us. But, um, yeah, you know, maybe just to kind of uh, touch on Ibarra, you know, real quick, uh, what do you think of his performance versus Toronto? I think with Ibarra, again, it's, it's like Sosa, he's so young that... It, it, you've got to ex, you've got to sort of shift your expectations of him, but I, I think not so much on the Toronto game because I'll be quite honest with you. By the time he came on, I was quite drunk on MLS by that point, so it, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't quite stick out as much as possible. But what yeah. I do know about Lazaro is he always offers a ton of energy, and if that's the guy you've got coming off the bench towards the end of the game to sort of help Sosa with that mobility and and maybe bail out Rosetto, then I'm, I'm fine with that. You know. Ibarra's not been perfect this season, um, but he's a young kid who's come to a new league, and he's still and he's he struggled with fitness problems at times as well. So, but he, every time he comes on, he does seem to have that that energy and that bite about him, which against some of the bigger teams in the East, and then I think that's definitely going to be key. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, one thing we haven't spoken about is uh, Luis Araujo's uh, little oopsie chip goal that. Uh... Yeah, we uh, we definitely embarrassed our uh, definitely not old friend, definitely old nemesis in Kamar Lawrence, uh, and uh, you know a couple times for those two goals, uh, definitely awesome to see, of course. But um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, yeah, did he did he mean it or uh, was it an oopsie? No, he definitely didn't mean it. <laughs> he's completely changed it. But you know what? I, I think I remember him saying, if, if that's how he's got to score goals every week, then fine, so be it. You take yeah. him as they come. Even, even Moreno's goal at the end, it, it was a great run, don't get me wrong. And to do that run so late into the game in what was such an intense game was, was fantastic. But let's face it, he's basically tackled that ball into the net. So, you know. Absolutely. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Slightly fortunate on, on both counts, really. But then yeah. again, we created other chances that maybe we should have scored. At Arujo himself missed missed a pretty decent chance. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you make your own look at the end of the day. Right. And that's been kind of the thing is uh, making sure when, especially when we're playing false nine, uh, or mm -hmm. I guess like even false nines maybe at this point. Uh, yeah, that it was, uh, you know, making sure that we can put the ball in the back of the net. But, um, yeah, and then, well, speaking on that, Ezekiel Barco, uh, yeah, you know, with that uh, red card, of course, you know, he will miss the NYCFC match. Uh, it did come out today. We're filming this on a Tuesday, full transparency, that, um, yeah, 
uh, it has not been resetted. It is still, yeah, unfortunate that he, uh, whatever he did, uh, <laughs> the cameras weren't ex especially on that whole altercation. So uh, we're yeah. just going by the word. Uh, but uh, there maybe was a headbutt. There maybe was a little bit of a hand to face, but that's just going by words. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, uh, but you know, largely. Uh, yeah, what'd you think of Barco in this match, though? Because I thought, yeah, he was having a hell of a match. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just quickly touching on the red card, I did manage to um, to get a quick quick uh, video of the of the incident in question. It was a bad angle, and I, but I posted it on Twitter anyway. And if that's the red card, then we've got yeah, it's definitely uh, problems. I think it's uh, uh, you know it's it's they've come together for a moment. They stared each other down and touched touched faces. You know, it's basically a hug. So, if you know, if, if that's a red card, then we've we've got problems. I think in any other league, that's a yellow card. But we'll leave that there. You know, the decision's made. Um, we, we can't we can't change anything for the NYCFC game. But he'll be a big miss. Um, yeah, he, he really did another one of those performances that we're, we're getting more used to seeing now. Where he drives Atlanta forward so well. Um, he stopped running into those those sort of dead ends as much as he used to and mm -hmm. when he gets to the top of the box now he he really is smart with his with his distribution he's linking up well I, yeah because that for that first goal back to the uh the, the pass that he played back to george belter in the bit yeah yeah that's it like that, that's the sort of thing you're getting from barco now not obviously the, the free kicks and and the goals he scores himself are, are spectacular and and that's going to catch the headlines but it's those little sort of those little pre-assists and those little smart passes that break open the defense, but his decision-making and his execution is so much better now. He's, he's been a new player since we've come back. He's come back from the Olympics. So great to see, but yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a big miss. Indeed. And so, yeah, that definitely uh, brings some big questions on who's going to play maybe in his uh, steed. Uh, but yeah, you know, getting into some, uh, some of the news, uh, Marcelino Moreno, he made the, uh, MLS Team of the Week. It was uh, Gonzalo Pineda's birthday, and uh, yeah, he got in on some of those festivities as well. Uh, yeah, a little bit more for uh, Pineda in uh, in this one yeah. than uh, than just a cake. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the coach deserves it though, to be fair. So right, it seems like he's uh, he's the one who's kind of spurred this on a little bit in terms of uh, the celebrations. Where uh, I'm sure the groundskeepers are very much uh, loathing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <laughs> their day every single time that they have to uh, get to kind of witness that, but um, but yeah, and so you know, all in all, uh, you know, a, a good weekend for Atlanta United, especially uh, another trip to Canada, and this time it goes a little bit better, so you know that's good. Uh, Sands, of course, the Ezekiel Barco red, but um, but yeah, you know, going into that NYCFC match, um, you know we. Still have questions regarding, uh, you know, Jose Martinez as well. How many minutes can he play or can he even start? Uh, NYCFC also, I mean, you know, are, uh, you know, they're doing decently this season. And uh, it's an attack that's really, really strong, but it's also, um, you know, they're very inconsistent. They're a team that are pretty young, Sans, Maxi Morales. And uh, so, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, what type of team they are, but um, nonetheless, they're going to be a... Ooh, my mic just fell, but uh, <laughs> here we go. Ooh, hopefully, uh, RIP your ears, 
uh, listeners. Sorry about that. But, um, but yeah, and so, you know, it's a type of team that uh, maybe we, you know, we should be putting away, especially at home. But, uh, you know, how do you see it, uh, you know, on Wednesday? Yeah, if you'd have asked me this about three months ago, I don't think I'd have felt very good about it. But Atlanta seems to have trended upwards and NYCFC are really in a slump. Um, I managed to catch their game against the Red Bulls at the weekend and they were so flat throughout. I mean, I know Red Bulls are doing okay at the moment and defending really well, but this isn't the NYCFC that we've become so used to, not just at the start of this season, but over the years. It's always been a bit of a mystery why they've not gone a bit further in the playoffs uh, on a number of occasions, but... 2018 aside, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, but um, no, I think now with, with the way the, the two teams are trending, I'm pretty pretty happy about it. I saw Felipe Cardenas report, I think it was earlier today, that Joseph looked good in training. He, he was taking part in rondo drills as well and looked really sharp. So he seemed confident that, he, that he's ready to step back in. And if that's the case, given that Barco's out and what's at stake, especially with where... NYCFC are in the table as well I think you've got to start him and just put faith in in the fact that he can do an hour and hope that does the damage because mm-hmm. if you take him out who, who are you going to put in instead is it going to be Kubo Torres or someone like that um, do you do you keep Luis Arujo and, and Marcelino Moreno up as a two and go for a bit more of a solid midfield but then you're losing that creativity so if he's, if he's fit to, to play, he's fit to start, in my opinion, and just see how far you can push him and, and give him the chance to do damage. But that NYCFC team, they're dangerous, but and I, I like Tati Castellanos a lot. I really do like him, but he, he is inconsistent. He does miss chances, so I expect our back three to really be able to deal with that. And then, obviously, Anton Tinnerholm being out as well, I think that's a big relief to George Bellow because I think he might have got pinned back there. But... With him being out, I think they're a very different side at the back as well. He's such a big miss for them that mm-hmm. I think we should come out on top. Yeah, yeah. If there's more joy for George Bellow, it usually means there's a little bit more joy for LA United as well. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, you know, uh, as good as uh, Brooksland's deliveries are, uh, they c- can be a little bit predictable at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, George Bellow, yeah, you know, will he cross? Will he drag it back? Will he, uh, you know, take it himself? There's a little bit mm-hmm. more variability, and um, that causes a little bit more, I think, kind of unease for the opposing sides for sure. But, um, but yeah, you know, getting into that uh, kind of predicted starting eleven, then I mean, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, Goose between the sticks. Uh, you know, would you rotate like Miles Robinson did play uh, for the U.S. Men's National Team, sort of George Bellow? Uh, would you rotate for this uh, match that uh, three-man backline and the the wingbacks? Until you brought it up, I would have said no. But thinking about who's coming up after NYCFC and obviously into Miami having Gonzalo Higuain, it might not be a bad idea to to bring George Campbell in and and let Miles rest up for that one. I know Higuain isn't the the force that he used to be, but he's he's still a very intelligent striker, and I think you need a very intelligent centre back to to snuff him out. So. To prepare for that again, or you take it one game at a time, but it's it's a busy schedule and you've got to manage the load. And I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, I think Franco and and Walks are, are looking good and for the for the most part. So I think they can stay in. But yeah, keep Miles fresh and bring Campbell in. There's nothing that Campbell's done to tell me that he can't deal with a player like Castellanos or a team like NYCFC for sure. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't uh, disagree there for sure. And so, uh, yeah, I think I, it could go either way. And uh, yeah, I kind of lean towards you as well. You brought a, a yeah very sound point there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, with the wingbacks, George Bellow, Brooks Lennon, would you persist there or would you bring in maybe a Jake Mulraney on the left, uh, Ronald Hernandez on the right? Uh, no, I think this, this really picks itself. Obviously, we mentioned with, with George Bello before, with, with Tinehome being, not being there, it might open up a bit more space for him. And then I think getting Joseph back, I think it's important to have someone on the other side who can deliver, who will deliver consistent crosses in Brooks Lennon. So, and especially with, with NYCFC's defensive misgivings at the moment as well, I think getting those two pressing high, delivering the box on one side, driving the ball on the other, I think I think that's going to be important. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think we we maybe rotate uh, against Miami if it were, yeah. um, and maybe give you know George Bello 70, 75 minutes, um, you know, just to kind of uh, keep everything fresh. Anyway, yeah. the only thing I would say though is you're uh, you're really asking for Brett Shea to punish you there on Saturday <laughs> on the weekend, aren't you? But you know, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, as uh, as great of a guy that Brett Shea was, as uh, you know. Um, those that have seen his video on our channel where we hung out with him with uh him doing his tats and whatnot uh yeah when he when he punched us uh, in the air it really kind of made it sour for uh, for me anyway because i was like why did we never play him that way you know obviously six six player uh we should absolutely be lumping it high to him in the box when it's late i mean it's just uh remiss that we didn't do that but anyway um yeah so same yeah i would go with george bellow and brooks lennon uh on the right but uh in midfields i think this is where it's going to be interesting who would you have in midfield mm, Central midfield. Yeah. yeah sure um so to start for me um i know we, you know we mentioned that he's, he's not quite as mobile as you'd like but he dominates the ball so well. He's, he's that link from front to back. So that that's going to be important, obviously, to, to getting us forward quickly. And the, the real the real decision there to be made is with Rossetto and, and Ibarra and Diego to because they they've got a good midfield themselves. You know, even the likes of someone like Keaton Parks is a, is a big talent and is very much capable of of sort of driving that ball forward and, and getting NYCFC going on his day. So. Mm -hmm. That's where your decision's got to be made. It, if I'm Pineda, I'm looking at this game at home, the form that the two sides are in. I'm sticking with Rossetto at least for the first hour. Mm. And then maybe if you need to really energize at the end and, and push NYCFC back towards the end, that's when you bring in Ibarra. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could also bring in maybe a, a Marsadich as well, of course. And yeah. so there are uh, some options there. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, it's Hosetu and Sosa for me as well. But mm. um, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, with the the kind of uh, two-striker look that we've had as well, like Moreno uh, centrally has been kind of just, uh, you know, a wonder. It's been something yeah. that, oh, you know, like he, he has been our most solid player, that's for sure, this yeah. entire season. And when he is played centrally, oh my god, it's just uh, yeah. he, he runs the game and he's everywhere. Yeah. And so you know, I don't know if I want him completely touching that uh, that touchline. Um, maybe that's where Bello is uh, able to provide that with, and then yeah, Moreno can just be uh, you know everywhere. And um, but yeah, you know, into those uh, 
into those forwards, those uh, wide forwards. Who do you got? Well, this is the interesting thing. You say wide forwards, but the way I'd do it is I'd have Moreno and Arujo sort of tucking into the half spaces and, and let Lennon and Bello stretch the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a, a bit of obviously, a, it's a bit of shameless self promotion here, but before Moreno joined, I did the scout report for uh, Dirty South. I watched quite a lot of footage on him and and spoke to a few journalists down on the ground down there who'd watched him and it appeared very clear and, and just browsing over stats and, and heat maps and, and all that kind of stuff that he's very much a player who takes the ball through the middle and he just puts defences on the back foot and, and that's his biggest strength and you saw that with the goal he broke away just he had one thing in his mind and that's drive the ball forward any way possible um, and I think those those players especially at MLS when how, how open the games get it's so important so I'd have him and Arujo because Arujo's got a similar skill set in that he can just glide past players so effortlessly. Those those two are sort of dual tens tucking inside a little bit, let let the wing backs create the width, and then, as we say, if he's fit, Joseph just in front of him, basically doing what Joseph does, scoring goals and and getting hold of the ball and bringing us in, others into play. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's uh we have remarkably same, uh, you know, 11s here. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's a... I mean, if you want, if you want to throw Kubo Torres up front, I can completely understand that. Yeah, but... yeah, that that won't be happening, uh, but uh, <laughs> it is yeah, so definitely... guy, but uh, yeah. I don't think he's going that Joseph's going to score him. I think mm-hmm. he, with NYCFC's firepower, you know, it, it as much as they expect it, a relatively comfortable victory. It could become a shootout, and Joseph's got to be the guy for that. Absolutely, and it's it. Uh, it will be the, uh, if I recall correctly, it will be the first match uh, since he scored 100. Uh, yeah. You know that he's going to be back at the Benz, and so it'll be yeah. a somewhat emotional uh, return uh, for yeah. him. And uh, so you know, I suspect that that motivation, that extra drive, will be there from the mm. King for sure. But, um, yeah, well, you know, that gets us to the score prediction. What do you think is going to happen, Chris? Um, I mean, I know I've just said it could become a shootout, um, but I don't expect it to be. I'm going to go 2-1 to Atlanta United. I think we've just about got enough. Um, It won't be an easy game, even with NYCFC's poor form. We've got some good players there, but I I think Atlanta should be able to keep them at arm's length and get the three points. Yeah. Um... I think, I think it will be a shootout. Uh, even though, as good a form as uh, Brad Guzan has been in, uh, with that kind of last-minute uh, yeah. kind of stoppage time save that he made, um, he's been really, really strong. Uh, you know, stopping, uh, stopping balls and um, you know all that this season. But uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's gonna be a three-two win for Atlanta United. So yeah, it'll be some entertainment on a Wednesday night. Mm. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, sometimes it's been a little bit, a little bit dire on the uh, goal scoring department uh, on these like weekday matches as well. But yeah. so hopefully that is the case. But uh, yeah, guys, let us know what you think is going to happen in the comments below. But no, Chris, you had a, you had a thought. Yeah, I was going to say I hope you're right because some of the some of the week games have been quite poor and they got normally gone midnight by the time they kick off on, on my time zone so that'll certainly be worth staying up for so i hope you're right on that one indeed yeah no it's uh there have been literally i think times where uh 
yeah, you know, especially early on this season, that the play has been so dire that it, uh, yeah, uh, I would not blame people if they fell asleep because it's just <laughs> really, uh, really difficult to stay awake, uh, especially if you're, yeah, already at midnight, should be asleep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're amazing for, uh, for not only, uh, you know, doing all the things you do, uh, you know, especially, I mean, shout out to you. There's uh, a little news that you broke uh, this week as well. Ricardo Pepe wants to leave FC Dallas. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to that. Uh, Grant Wall gave you a shout out. I believe uh, Roger Gonzalez also gave you one. Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so congrats to you. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, even uh, you, you spoke about it before uh, we recorded, but... Uh, the man Fabrizio Romano even followed you. I mean, duh. yeah, <laughs> and that's a big win. That that's, that that's the kind of thing you phone your mum about, even though she doesn't know who Fabrizio Romano right. is. So <laughs> she's just like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, that is that a good yeah. thing? <laughs> Pretty yeah, much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except in an English accent, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, but uh, yeah, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, tell the good people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, uh, you can get me on Twitter at CJSmith91, and I'm also on Instagram now at Chris underscore Smith underscore MLS. So drop me a follow on there and, and get in touch. I'm always happy to talk. Yeah, indeed. He's a great follow. He, uh, yeah, offers so much to the LA United community, and so it's absolutely a pleasure for me and that's it for us today remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already share this episode and leave us a review and a rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings and for chris i'm aj thanks so much for listening